IMDB TV has angered some viewers over its ad experience. We discuss what is going on, why IMDB TV's ills afflict everyone in the industry, and why it is well positioned for success. Listen on to find out more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon right there at the beginning. Hey, Colin, how's everything? How's your Thanksgiving? It was very good, and I hope yours was too. It was, and we are actually, we want to just do a shameless plug here at the beginning, right? Because we are going to be doing a live version of Inside the Stream on December 15th on Zoom. We are, and we'd like to invite everybody listening and all your friends to join us. It's recording it inside the stream live 2021 wrap. As you know, Will and I usually run down the top 10 stories of the year uh, at the end of the year, and we decided to do it live this year. So what we're going to do is um, we will uh, we'll get together with you and we will chat about the stories. And then actually, I think we're going to try and let you vote on what you think is the top story. So that should be a lot of fun. And as Will said, it's happening on Wednesday, December the 15th at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. And it's free, of course. You can sign up. We'll include links when we post this. And I, I'm really pumped about it, Will. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun also. And we'll uh, certainly have plenty to talk about. It's been, a, it's been a busy year, that's for sure. And it's really not over yet. Let's do a couple of our news stories. You're going to get us started this week, and then I'm going to follow up. I am. And one of the stories that hit my radar this week was... Actually, it was announced today, we're recording here on Wednesday afternoon, that Comcast and Disney have reached a carriage agreement for the television networks. And uh, actually, Disney has gotten Comcast to sign up to take its new ACC network as part of the deal. Uh, That includes all of Disney's cable networks, including ESPN and Disney-branded channels, Freeform, etc., National Geographic channels. Uh, and this new ACC network. So uh, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, but what really caught my eye about this, Will, was that there was no mention of any resolution to Comcast and Disney's negotiations over what's going to happen with NBCU's content inside of Hulu. That um, was reported, I think, last week in the Wall Street Journal that uh, that Comcast was thinking of pulling pulling some of its content, which it has the right to do starting next year. But there was not a whisper of what was going on with that discussion in this uh, in this statement about the uh, the TV networks. So uh, anyway, that's that caught my eye. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily expect there to be any whispering or otherwise about what's happening between uh, NBCU and Hulu as part of the Disney deal uh, with Comcast. We talked about this either last week or I guess maybe two weeks ago. Last week was the Thanksgiving week. Um, but that's that's going to be a tricky one for them to figure out for lots of different reasons that we discussed. Lots of Hulu valuation on the line for keeping the NBCU programming in there, but uh, certainly to the detriment of, of Peacock not having that same program. Right, right. So so what caught your eye? 
Well, what caught my eye is courtesy of my 19-year-old son who knows more about YouTube than any other person that I know in my life, not just from being an avid follower, but from being an absolute aficionado of the so-called creator economy, who over Thanksgiving brought to my attention that the creator, Mr. Beast, who is one of the top YouTube creators, dropped a new video over uh, just uh, prior to Thanksgiving on November 24th called the $456,000 Squid Game in Real Life, in which he apparently, uh, I've watched some of it, recreated a lot of Netflix's hit Squid Game in terms of the sets, the costumes, the, um, the contests that the characters go through, etc. And he has attracted over 133 million views in this one week time period. Apparently it is the most viewed non-music video, non-movie non trailer or non-YouTube rewind video uh, within a 24 hour period. He has, as I said, over 133 million views. He has over 500,000 comments. He has added, I believe, over five or six million subscribers to his channel. And it's really become a huge phenomenon. The, the winner of this contest gets $456,000. And um, it's, I, I've watched the first 10 minutes or so. It's a 26 minute video. And it's, it's really very well done and very entertaining. And um, I think fascinating to think about how much revenue this one video has generated in just this one week period of time. And I, I've done a little back of the envelope analysis and my, my son has helped me on this because as I mentioned, he is a real YouTube aficionado and, um, you know, we're just guesstimating, but on the advertising alone, that's before thinking about what merchandise or what a new subscriber is worth, anything else. He's probably generated at least a couple of million dollars of advertising just to himself. Uh, off of this one video over the last week. So it's 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 pretty wild to watch. Yeah, the first thing that when I saw this, the first thing that ran through my head was, wait a minute, can he do that? Is that you know, isn't <laughs> isn't Squid hey. Game sort of owned by either the people that created it, created the original show or by Netflix or somebody? Well, if it drives more viewership of Squid Game on Netflix, I'm guessing Netflix isn't going to complain about it, right? I mean, he created a 26-minute promotional video for Squid Game that has driven 133 million views. I don't think anybody would complain about that, would you? No, I guess not. <laughs> Part of the YouTube economy. Uh, I guess it is. So anyway, let's get started. Um, you're, uh, you wrote this week about your experience with IMDB TV, which is Amazon's free ad-supported channel. And you were piggybacking a little bit on what uh, Mike Shields had written about as well with his experience. And uh, it sounds like it leaves a little bit to be desired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the, the the experience does, and we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, as you said, Mike, Mike Shields, he gave a pretty scathing review of the IMDb TV experience uh, because he'd, he'd actually decided he wanted to watch Mad Men again, and it had left, uh, I think it was on Netflix, and it had left Netflix and now had been put up on IMDb TV, so he had to watch with ads. 
And basically, to him, the 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 service ad, uh, the way the ads implemented the experience drove him up the wall. And there were a couple of things that really made him crazy. One was the the fact that the um, there were a ton of repeat ads, and that was that was thing one. And the second thing was that the ads came pretty much at random times or what seemed to be random times in the show. And remember, of course, this is a show that was produced for television. So it had ads in it originally when it was broadcast. So there are breaks there, uh, but apparently IMDb TV is ignoring those breaks and putting them basically where they want. And uh, this, this struck a chord with me because I'd spent a lot of time with services like IMDb TV for my white paper, which I released earlier a couple of months ago on the fast services. And uh, so I, I, this sent me running back to really sit down and, and spend a little bit more time with this service because that certainly wasn't my memory of the service. I didn't find it so obnoxious or as obnoxious as, as uh, Mike Shields found it. And what I found was I, th- there was certainly justification for what he was saying. Um, I did find, uh, as, as I found in many services, that the ad breaks really don't if it is television show, it really doesn't obey the original ad breaks. The ad breaks come pretty much wherever they they like to put them. And in particular with IMDb TV on the on-demand side, they pretty much have them scheduled at even moments, you know, during the during the show. So if it's a 40 minute, uh, 43 minute show, they would they seem to come like about every eight to ten minutes, something like that, and they are sca- they are hard scheduled without respect to what is going on in the show. So very often, I would see scenes interrupted, um, and you know they'd be very disruptive f- to the viewing experience, not obeying where the original scheduled breaks were for. And I was watching a show called Bergerac, which is actually a British show that used to be on ITV. So the ad breaks there also don't obey the American ad breaks. They're not as frequent. Um, uh, so that was that was definitely one thing. The other thing was the ad repeats. And there were a tremendous amount of repeats um, across breaks. And not, I didn't find so many within breaks. Um, he did seem to see a lot of repeat ads in a break. Now, uh, we've talked about this issue on the show. This is a problem. Uh, it's a very, very difficult problem to solve because the each slot in an ad break is bid out separately and the same ad can win the bid for two slots that are back to back. And it is almost impossible for the provider to figure that out and block it. So you can see two ads back to back. Um, I did not see ads back to back when I was watching this show, Bergerac. I watched several episodes. I had several episodes going in the background. I didn't see back to back ads. I did see a lot of duplicated ads. Um, what What is also certainly going on is the ads were not well targeted to me. Um, I saw a whole bunch of ads that were entirely irrelevant to my interests. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know why um, they weren't better targeted, although I have to say, I'll, I'll freely admit, I have not been shopping on Amazon very deliberately for the last 18 months. So Amazon may be hobbled a little bit with me. 
but one of the things I did see, Will, that I thought was kind of interesting was they are doing tea commerce. I saw an ad for the Shark Hair Blow Dryer Hyper Air Fast Drying Hair Dryer. And this, this interactive ad was really cool. It was um, Alexa enabled. And basically, oh, sorry, um, my Alexa is on in the background. So sorry about that. And all I had to do was to ask her to show me details. And then I could buy it really with one, with one phrase. I could just say, A, add this to my shop, add this to my car. Or actually, I think I could actually just say, buy it now. And it would execute the buy. So I thought that was pretty interesting that they're already doing T-commerce through the advertising. They're already placing advertising T-commerce ads. And I didn't, the only thing I will say is I only saw this ad once. I didn't see it um, more than once and I didn't see other ads like this. But obviously they've implemented this and it's working pretty well. Oh, and the one I will say one other thing, Will, they're doing at local ad sales. So while I was watching, um, I was actually watching one of the Hallmark streaming channels on IMDb TV. So this was a, f- a fast channel, virtual linear channel. And an ad for a local auto dealership popped up, which I thought was pretty interesting too. Uh, so those are two things that I've not seen in other services that Amazon is already doing, uh, innovating in that service. So... Uh, that was my experience. Not, I don't think I was quite as bad, as quite as um, uh, incensed as Mike Shields was with the experience. But boy, there are certainly still problems. Well, Mike, uh, I read Mike's review of IMDb TV, and uh, incensed is probably a pretty good word to use. He was not a happy camper, and um, I think for some of the same reasons that you just pointed out, it, it does seem a little incongruous that an ad supported show that ran on TV and that has its natural and therefore has its own natural ad breaks that when it replays on a service like IMDb TV that those natural ad breaks are not followed but I I think you said it and it does make sense that if if it's going to be a lighter ad load then automatically it's going to be it's going to fall out of sync very quickly with the ad with the natural ad breaks in the show. So that's that's I guess a something that IMDb TV and others would say. Hey, look, we're trying to improve the user experience by reducing the ad load. But you know the unintended consequence, if you will, is that it ends up throwing off the natural cadence of of ad insertion. Um, so I, I don't know what gets done about that. You know, your point about the repetition of ads, that is something that came up repeatedly in or across the 10 sessions at Video News's recent Connected TV ad summit. And that issue, which most people characterize as, quote, fragmentation, it's the idea that there's fragmentation on both the buy side and the supply side of connected TV advertising, as you said, is a really, really tough issue for lots and lots of reasons. And, um, you know, you described it as the ad going out to bid. There are certainly plenty of times when that alone is the issue that the ad is being sold programmatically. There are other times when it's not the case that the ad has been sold programmatically, but 
that there have been some type of inventory allocations as part of distribution deals. We had several speakers who talked specifically about those business terms. And, you know, once the inventory is being shared across different providers, never mind whether it's it, that it's not being sold programmatically, the, the same inventory is being shared uh, or inventory within a show, I should say, is being shared. And therefore, that can lead to repetition of the same ad being shown um, is a tough one. That's the way that, you know, to some extent, their terms of engagement in the deals being struck right now in the industry for distribution. And it's just a natural byproduct of that. So I don't know how that really ultimately gets rectified. Um, I, I mean, I guess at some level there will be better, you know, unified IDs and unified measurement that'll help to preempt that sort of repetition. But it does feel like we're a long way from that. More mysterious to me, Colin, is that, you know, the idea that you're saying you got shown a hairdryer ad, you call it T-commerce, I call it lower funnel. I think it's the same basic concept, right, right. the idea that you're seeing an ad and trying to be driven to do something to buy it right then or get more information about it, I think is really encouraging, actually, in terms of, you know, monetizing the viewing experience. I think that's a real positive Maybe not so positive is that you were shown an ad for a hairdryer, which <laughs> by virtue of looking at you right now as we're recording on Zoom, hey, I hey, assume hey. is not something that you <laughs> ordinarily use. No offense, neither do I. So I am not saying it's any different in my case, but surely there's a better ad that they could show you than one for a hairdryer from Amazon of all people, right? Well, there's still some hair up there, Will. Come on. Well, I'm not saying there isn't, but it does, <laughs> does it necessitate a hairdryer, the purchase of a hairdryer? I don't know. It, it, it Maybe doesn't. the purchase of a washcloth or a hair or a, or a towel, but... It, it doesn't. But, but i got to tell you, Will, <laughs> look, I am very bullish on IMDb TV. I think just as... Well, just as I am for the whole industry, I think the whole industry's got a lot of growth to to go yes we had problems and we'll i'll talk a little bit more about the the other problem that that was pointed out which is the ads falling not on natural breaks in 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 original tv content but you know look amazon has in place t-commerce it has in place local ad sales it has such a rich rich data set that i just think it has an opportunity to prosper in a way that nobody else does the other thing it also is doing is is integrating it very closely with the Fire TV experience. This is killer, right? It's going to lead you directly into IMDb, content, IMDb TV content. And yes, they do need to rename this. And they are in the process of renaming this, so we're told it's not a good name for the product. But if you look at the Fire TV experience, it's really tremendous. You, you get in the hero bar... You will see IMDb content right there. I saw, for example, Slumdog Millionaire is available in IMDb TV, so you can watch that for free with ads. Um, it's right there in in the hero bar. Um, also, the IMDb TV app is is right there on the on the in within the um, apps as well. So it's very very easy to find this content, and Amazon is directing you into it. And let's not forget. Fire TV is the best-selling streaming media player in the United States and in other markets. It's also the leading player in many European markets. So they have a fantastic platform to really push 
push IMDb TV forward. So I think they're incredibly well positioned, Will, to really become a major force in CTV advertising. Um, you know, they, they've just got, I think they've just got all the pieces they need to be incredibly successful uh, as a as a platform for advertising in television on, on, on connected TVs. Yeah, well, I, I'm certainly not going to disagree with that. <laughs> they they do indeed have all the pieces. The um, but your current experience, I think, illustrates that they're still a ways away from yeah. actually harmonizing those and capitalizing on all those different pieces. And until they do, you're going to keep seeing hairdryer ads and this is true. Whatever else. <laughs> but but I, I would say, Will, that, that the issues that Mike points out in his piece, Will, they're really industry issues. They're not IMDb TV issues. The issue, the issue of repeats, as you said, it came up repeatedly at your ad summit that we just that we just did. Um, something that everybody is looking at, everybody's working at. And I have a, I have a pretty high degree of confidence ultimately that we will sell this. We're already on the way by, by coming up with a universal ID for ads. That will help if you can examine a universal ID, then you can, that's a good way of picking up the duplicates and suppressing them. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Now, I, I want to return to this issue with the, the ad breaks. This is a much harder problem than you would think. So let's let's talk about IMDb TV specifically. So if you're watching, say you're watching um, uh, Mad Men. This was a, an American TV show. The t- so th- so that would have it would probably have had scuddy markers originally for where the ad ad spots occurred. Um, they may or may not be in the digital version that that is being provided by um, IMTB TV, but even so, the ads that they want to place in them aren't necessarily the same as the ads that, uh, the, the ad positions aren't necessarily the same that they want to put them in. But as I mentioned, they also have shows from the UK. This show Bergerac is, a, is an 80s show from, from the UK. Um, and the ad breaks anyway occur at very different places. So there is only uh, four ad breaks per hour in those shows and they probably don't have scuddy markers in them anyway so figuring out where those ad breaks go is a major issue for the industry and all services are wrestling with this not just imdb tv and in fact companies are being formed around it there's a new company called spots s-p-o-t-z i have an article about it on my site if you want to learn more um, they are really focused on using AI machine learning to help figure out the optimal place to place ads, ads in any show. Uh, so, the, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the industry ultimately solving these problems in the long term. Um, but unfortunately, in the short term, I'm going to have to put up with a less than optimal experience, I think, for, for the ads on CTV and in Avod and fast services. Um, but long-term prognosis, I think, as as we're seeing with what IMDb TV is doing with commerce and, you know, with local ads, I, I think it's all going to come. It's just a question of when, not not uh, if. Right. Well, I agree with you. I think the question is timing. And <laughs> my, from what I heard from across the 32 different speakers at the recent summit was it's there's a lot of work to be done and it's not going to 
be fixed anytime soon. I suppose one potential fix to it, or at least maybe fix is too strong a word, but it may at least ameliorate the issue a little bit, is that to the extent that a service creates its own original programming and chooses to control the entire ad experience, they would reduce the repetition and also be able to insert at exactly the times. I mean, the experience that we're kind of focused here on, I think, is when ad-supported shows are repurposed or, you know, it used to be called syndication, are now being syndicated into streaming services, like what we're talking about with Mad Men that originally ran on AMC now being shown on IMDb TV. So, you know, it, this is a relatively particular circumstance where shows are being repurposed like this. But I think with originals, the experience should not be as bad, or at least doesn't have to be as bad to the extent that the streaming service is controlling it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll actually give another example, Colin, which I thought was an outstanding experience and, and actually left me scratching my head just a little bit about sort of the economics is that I don't know if you've watched the new animated show on Tubi called um, The Freak Brothers, and it's it's actually their biggest show. It's an original show on Tubi. It's very clever, and I'm not typically a you know kind of animated fan, a fan of animated uh, adult animated shows, but I think it's very clever, and it is really light on ads. Like I think. I only saw maybe two or three ads during the entire episode, which, as I say, felt like, gee, you know, the economics feel a little light here, for especially for an original show that took some money. I mean, the characters, uh, the actors voicing the main characters are Woody Harrelson, John Goodman, Pete Davidson. These are A-list type of actors for the most part. So they're getting paid real money. Um, so... There's an example where the experience is, is very positive. And again, Tubi's, it's Tubi's show and they're controlling the experience. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, as I do not have such a visceral reaction to the IMDb TV experience. The ad load is significantly lighter. I actually really, I think I was, it's, a, it's between nine and 10 minutes an hour, something like that. So you're getting maybe eight minutes of a 43-minute 43, 43 show. Is ads something like that? So, which is which is significantly lighter than you would see in, in traditional TV. Uh, and to me, uh, yes, some of the breaks came at, at the wrong point, jarring points. Um, but for certainly for light watching, if I'm not really hundred percent focused, it's it's perfectly acceptable. And and the performance in other types of media. So when you're watching a news channel on a fast service, they tend to do better. The ads do tend to come at the right spot. But then again they're native digital, so maybe it's much easier for them to be able to to place the ads in that content. And let's remember free is free. <laughs> if you're not paying something this is true. you don't really have a big right to complain about anything either. So This is true. But but as you know the experience is so important because it really, it's probably the biggest arbiter of how long people will watch. You know, they really annoyed Mike Shields and, and it, he probably didn't, didn't watch as long as he would have if the ad experience had been a much better experience. And that's, and, and when you're talking about ads, 
that really matters. So, so that's why this the, these issues matter. And but but they'll get fixed. It's just going to take a while, I think, for some of them. Or maybe Mike should just stick to S five and pay his <laughs> and pay his and pay if he's you know if the ads are so intolerable the experience then you can always pay there is always that I bet I I bet he could buy all the seasons of Mad Men on Amazon right now (laughs) I'm sure he could Uh, anyway well I I'm sure when we do our Inside the Stream live on December 15th again free to listeners 2.30pm Eastern 11.30am Pacific we will be talking about connected TV advertising we will be talking about lower funnel and T-commerce. We will be talking about fast and we will be talking about everything else that was very much on our minds during this 2021. And as we look forward to 2022 as well. Yep. Yep. So please, please sign up, join us, come and sit in yeah. on that. It's going to be uh, fun. We'd, we'd love to have, we'd love to have you there. We'd love to have your comments and your questions and uh, your voting on what you think is the biggest story of the year. So uh, anyway, looking forward to that on the 15th. Absolutely. That's all for this week, Colin. Thanks everyone for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream and we'll see you all again next week. Production of Endscreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.